Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email? The stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that. All you need to do is text the word show to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word show, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text show to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. Delighted to have you. It is Eric Erickson here, chipper and laughing at the insanity of uh, legal scholars who were convinced the Supreme Court would go Colorado's way. It really is kind of funny to watch these people. They're really upset now and questioning the legitimacy of the Supreme Court when it's progressives on the court are, like, unanimous as well. It's just... Oh, they're transactional. They they want what they want. Uh, by the way, um, my buddy Chris, who is the assistant PD at, at WSP, just texted me. He says, his, his wife's best friend and her husband were just dealing with squatters in their house. It, it took them. They moved up uh, to Cleveland last August, put their house up for rent within three to four weeks, had squatters, and just got them out. Uh, it, it's, I mean, all sorts of people are running into this problem. I got a, another text from my buddy Alan, who uh, rented a house down. He says the south side of Atlanta is far worse than the north side of Atlanta. Uh, but people moved in there. He had renters. They vacated within two months, had people in the house. I hadn't rented the house and they're still in the house. Good grief. Um, just wow. Happened a lot. All right. Um, I wish to read for you, and yes, I'm going to read what I wrote this morning because it was brilliant. I'm going to read for you what I wrote. It's my syndicated newspaper column. It'll be in newspapers across America this weekend, except in Atlanta where they refuse to run my syndicated column, but that's okay. I do want to say this, though, before I begin. I was headed into the city today, and there's a reversible toll lane on the south side of Atlanta. And in the mornings, it heads north, and in the evenings, it heads south, so it's perfect for me. And I get into the toll lane, and there is a red Jeep Cherokee in front of me. The speed limit is 70 miles an hour. The person in that red Jeep Cherokee was doing 62 miles an hour in the 70 mile an hour lane. 62 miles an hour. I would like the Congress or the state legislature in Georgia to allow me the ability to immediately run off the road and execute people who do that sort of stuff. 
If you get on the toll lane in a 70-mile-an-hour lane and you're doing less than 70 miles an hour, I should have the right as a citizen and taxpayer to kill you to get you out of the way immediately. No no trial, no due process. You're doing 62, proof positive you should die. I, I, I think I should have – you should have that right too. If you're doing less than the speed limit in the toll road, you should be eliminated from the gene pool. Our constitutional system would make it very difficult to do that, though. It would never pass Congress or the legislature for a lot of reasons. They're too stupid to do it, and they should do it. It'd be popular. They would win re-election if they did it, but there would be due process issues. The courts the courts would get involved and have problems with it. About the only thing that's easy to pass Congress these days is post office names. Now, we need to go back in the real way back machine to the founding of the country. The founders, after the revolution, they wanted to keep all the, the nations together. And, and there were. There were 13 nations. The nation of Georgia, the nation of Delaware, the nation of Virginia, the nation of New York, the nation of Massachusetts, and the like. And they all came together under Articles of Confederation. And they agreed that together they would make certain decisions. But it was it was a ridiculous arrangement. Voluntary uh, budgeting to this this unified government. Everybody had to agree. There was unanimity. The whole system broke down. You may think that Washington is dysfunctional today, but Washington D.C. looks positively efficient, proficient, competent, and functional compared to the United States under the Articles of Confederation. So they got together. They, they had a uh, constitutional convention, and the goal was to revise the Articles of Confederation. But in that meeting, over a very long period of time, they realized that they actually needed to create a new unified nation. But there was a problem. You had 13 independent countries. They had just all fought together to liberate themselves from the British Empire. And now you had legitimately, they were 13 sovereign nations. And they had suspicions of each other. They had rivalries. They had different views about slavery. They had different views about uh, urban banking, financial economies versus agrarian-based economies. They were suspicious of each other. So led by Roger Sherman of Connecticut, in drafting the Constitution, they came up with something called the Connecticut or the Sherman Compromise, the Great Compromise. There would be a bicameral legislature, meaning two houses. There would be a House of Representatives that proportionally represented the people of each state. And there would be a Senate, a separate house that was represented, that had representatives from the states, two per state, originally appointed by governors, confirmed by the state legislatures, now directly elected by the people, but still they represent the states, not the people. Two per state. And under the Constitution, no state can ever be forced to give up their senators. And the powers of the houses were divided. The House of Representatives initiates legislation to raise revenue. No bill from the Senate, from the states, can raise revenue. Only the people, because the people pay the taxes, not the states. And so if you want a bill to raise revenue, it's got to come from the House of Representatives, which represents the people. But only the Senate can confirm presidential appointments and treaties because the treaties bind the semi-sovereign states of the nation, not the people, binds the states and the people through the states. To pass any law whatsoever, the House of Representatives, representing the people, and the Senate, representing the states, 
within a two-year period have to pass an identical piece of legislation, and each each house gets to amend it and change it. And at the end of the day, they've got to agree to the same language. Once they've agreed to the same language, then it goes to the president of the United States, and the president, within 10 days, can sign the legislation or he can veto it. If the Congress is about to adjourn and he vetoes it, well, or he doesn't sign it, it becomes a pocket veto. He does nothing and it doesn't become law if the Congress is about to adjourn. If he does nothing and Congress is in session within 10 days, it becomes law. Otherwise, he vetoes it and it goes back and both houses can override his veto with a supermajority. And then when they decide they want to pass legislation, there are only certain things they're allowed to pass legislation about, like The police powers belong to the states, not the federal government. Education belongs to the states, not the federal government. There's very limited powers when it comes to education or police powers. In American vernacular, you know, people say, well, that'll take an act of Congress. And and the reason people say that'll take an act of Congress is because it's really a big, difficult thing to get anything through Congress. Because the founders wanted gridlock to be a feature, not a bug. When the nation is narrowly divided, it becomes very hard to get anything done through Congress. In fact, that narrow division gets reflected in the House of Representatives every two years which when it can switch hands because the whole of the House is reelected every two years. And if there are real partisan divisions in the country, it can flip the control of the House of Representatives pretty quickly. The Senate, it takes over time because only a third of the Senate is elected every two years. 235 years after the Constitution began operating— We're a pretty evenly divided nation. The Republicans hold a slim, a one-seat majority in the House of Representatives right now. The Democrats hold a slim two-seat majority in the United States Senate. In other words, the idea that a comprehensive piece of legislation about our national security the security of other nations and immigration reform in one multi-thousand-page piece of legislation was going to pass in a presidential election year in a divided Congress was always absurd. Sit in default, James Langford, the senator from Oklahoma, he's cared about this issue for years. He's tried to get bipartisan deal through Congress multiple times. It ain't happening. Uh, the, the scandal here is that he's being made the scapegoat by Republicans who should have his back. He tried to get something done, and it's the, the Democrats never were serious to begin with. The plan was never going to pass Congress in its present form. It wasn't going to pass because it's hard to pass anything in Congress. It's harder to pass anything in Congress in an election year, and it's even harder to pass anything in Congress in a presidential election year. And it is hardest of all to pass anything in Congress in a presidential election year when one party barely holds the House and the opposite party barely holds the Senate. This shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. I keep hearing all these people on television say, oh, this is just a sign of House of Representatives incompetence. This is a sign of Republican incompetence. This is a sign that they're eating their own. No, it's a sign that the founders designed the Constitution to make it very difficult to pass anything when the country is really divided. It's a sign of gridlock which the founders baked into the system to slow everything down. When the nation is deeply divided, it becomes deeply more difficult to get anything done in Congress. The founders intended it to be so. This isn't about Republican 
con- incompetence or Republican intransigence or Republicans eating their own. It's a it's a matter of the Constitution was designed to make it difficult to get anything done when the nation is really divided. The majority of the United States Senate, but not a 67 or 60 percent or 60 seat filibuster proof majority. Once a multi-thousand page piece of legislation passed. The founders are looking at all of this and laughing at us. Their marvelous design has worked again to slow, to refine, to define the necessary and proper bounds of a government that has a tendency to become a leviathan. Our system is working by design. Everybody looking at the mess and the disarray in Washington, D.C., it's by design. There's a reason the House of Representatives stands for re-election every two years because the whims and opinions of the public can change every two years. And the House represents the people who are fickle, who are stupid, who change their mind on a dime. The Senate represents the states, so only a third of them roll out every two years and most of them get re-elected. Because the states tend not to change as much as the opinions of the people over time change. And when there is great division in the country and we're pretty evenly divided, it's almost impossible to get anything done over the na- other than naming a post office because that's how the founders wanted it. Because it's a brilliant, genius system. We're not a parliamentary democracy. The majority cannot rule the roost, particularly when the majority barely has control and the majority is controlled by different parties in different houses. There are a whole lot of people out there who just think that because the Senate acted, the House should comply. That's not the way the founders intended it. And there are a whole lot of people who think just because a majority of the Senate wants to do something that the Senate has to bend to their will. That's not how the founders designed it either. The filibuster's been around about as long as the Senate's been around. So you look on all of this and you think, my gosh, this is miserable. How stupid. Congress can't get anything done. What you should be looking at it as the founders were geniuses. They knew better than us that when the nation is divided, everything's got to slow down. It's got to become harder to get things done. And that's a feature, not a bug. It's a feature that one party cannot demand, impose, and move quickly to impose its will on an American people when those American people are divided. The system is working as designed. You should not look at the chaos, the mess, and the fracturing and dysfunction in Washington and think the country is failing. You should look on it and think this is working as designed in a bitterly divided country, and thank God our founders were smart enough to recognize we needed to put gridlock into the system so that when the frictions of division are there, the pace of governance slows down. That's a good thing. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, indeed. And to the phones we go to Bill up first today. Bill, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Eric. Uh, 
uh, Bill from Maryland on his e-bike. X uh, on your e-bike. Well, don't, don't fall off now. Well, I'm still not wearing my helmet, as you suggested, <laughs> but uh, got a couple things. Uh, one, I think you can add people who stop before entering the merge lane, and they wait until all the oh my traffic gosh, yes. goes by. I, I literally nearly got in a wreck this morning because someone did that. They went down the on-ramp like 25 miles an hour and come to a complete stop. Uh, it, was, it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, include them. In yes. That, uh, yeah, I agree. Death penalty for them, too. Okay. Now, I was under the impression that when I subscribed to you, uh, that included a list of your uh, playlist for your Christmas music. <laughs> okay. So I, I got to be honest with you, Bill. Um, I got to go back and recreate it because this year I we had so much uh, – there was a, such a hassle that I didn't write down the, the songs as I was going, so I got to go back and put it back together. But I will put something up, and I'll let you know. Oh, that, that would be great. That would be awesome. But actually what I called about is uh, – Everything's about Trump uh, versus Biden, and Trump is uh, most likely going to be our nominee. But nobody's talking about the uh, the House and the Senate. If Trump can't bring in people that we control the House and the Senate, on day one, there's going to be an impeachment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it, I don't it's, think they'll get the votes in, in the Senate, but you know, you're, you're right on this and, and nothing would get done. Now I, I will tell you, um, I, and I've talked to Democrats and Republicans alike and almost to a person, they do tend to agree that if Trump is elected, the odds are the Republicans are taking the house and the Senate. The house is the one people are a little bit question questionable of, but the Senate, they probably do take it so he can at least get judges appointed. Uh, and he can get treaties confirmed if he did treaties, but he can get cabinet officers, judges, and the like. The House is the questionable one. However, most people tend to think that if Trump wins, he probably wins the House too. Uh, it, and the Republicans have a very good shot of taking the Senate. If he doesn't, though, literally nothing gets done. Everything's by executive order, which can all be undone by the next president. Um so the, the margins matter greatly uh, in the House and the Senate elections. Otherwise, it's just, I mean, much of what Biden is doing right now is by executive order, and that's all going to get undone by the next Republican president, too. I don't want you to be undone by your technology, which is why you should go to Vision Computers, visioncomputers.com or 404Compute. If you go Vision Computers, they can build your PCs for you, laptop or desktop, and then they can be your service department as well. I'm going to go to Vision Computers. Dot com computers and it's plural visioncomputers.com and you can look at their website but here's the thing if you call them at 404 compute and tell them I sent you you get an even better deal they can do desktops laptops workstations gaming PCs they can handle servers you should call them check them out now I can tell you we got a gaming PC from them and it's pretty awesome in my house and my kid calls them if he doesn't know how to do something they tell him how to do it uh, they've helped him with loose wires they've diagnosed oh you, you must have loose they've always been right they've always been helpful they helped me with the email printer I never have to be his IT department because vision computers is call them at 404 compute or you can call them at uh, or go to visioncomputers.com but call them at 404 compute tell them Eric since you save you more money any of you nationwide take advantage of this nationwide they can help you and your business too
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Greetings. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? Uh, Jim, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, fine. How are you doing? Great. Well, I respectfully disagree with your take on the Colorado trying to throw Trump off of the ballot. I think by the mere fact that they dragged him through this all the way to the Supreme Court is a victory for them in their eyes. Uh, They've cost him a lot, him and the party, a lot of time, money and effort on a ridiculous thing that they're trying to pull off. And that's all they need. That's all they expect. I can't see much of a downside in the eyes of many Democrats unless maybe the Supreme Court, all nine of them, just rip them a new one and just stomp all over them. Maybe that'll have some blowback. But this is just another sort of the thinking that went into the ancient history of the Ray Donovan court case of the 80s where Reagan's labor secretary spent two years fighting completely baseless charges and they knew it. All they needed to do was hassle the guy, make him spend a lot of time, effort, and money, and their their point was made. Donovan was completely exonerated. And so I don't I look for much uh, of that uh, else uh, out of the Supreme Court. Well, okay, uh, so I, I, I see what you're saying, uh, Jim. I, I, I do, but I, no, I, I actually do think that, that Colorado – thought that they had a silver bullet to stop Trump. Uh, and and I say I think they they really did believe that because that's what they said. That's what the state of Maine said as well. Uh, they really believed that they could use uh, Section 3 to do this. Remember, these are the fantasists who, for the entirety that Trump was in office, were talking about the the, what, the, the 25th Amendment option, the 22nd Amendment option. Um, they, they really did believe that they could stop Donald Trump with this. Uh, and they had conservative jurists, not just progressives, who hate Donald Trump, who made the argument for him. And they spent a lot of taxpayer dollars to get to the Supreme Court. And, and this is the other thing, though. It went really fast. They didn't bleed Trump dry. If if that was what their win was, they didn't get a win there either because it moved really fast. It did not get dragged out. Uh, and Trump had a lot of uh, amicus briefs filed on his behalf that he didn't have to pay for. Um, so it, 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 they didn't accomplish that goal either. This moved very, very quickly through the court system, through the Supreme Court. The decision will be uh, released probably very quickly as well. Uh, and that, so they're not getting what they wanted. And they are going to get a, a nine to nothing or eight one case, it sounds like. I mean, Sonia Sotomayor or even progressive analysts right now, I'm, I'm looking at social media, even the progressive analysts were like, um, yeah, Sotomayor is the only question mark. And she may go along with all of them to preserve the Supreme Court's integrity because so many people are attacking it. But, I mean, for those of you who weren't here at the beginning, Katanji Brown Jackson herself, I mean, it was a beat down from her. This is Katanji Brown Jackson 
questioning Colorado's lawyer. And for the record, Colorado's lawyer was a law clerk to Neil Gorsuch. And Neil Gorsuch brutalized the guy. I, I just I, I felt bad for the guy. I, I've heard Supreme Court beatdowns, but this one was a particularly grueling, grueling beatdown uh, by justices of the Supreme Court. And there was just no letting up against the guy. They, they, they asked him questions, deeply probative questions, questions for which he had no answers, questions uh, for which he was unprepared, questions for which he sought to argue about the presuppositions of the questions. It was just, uh, it was it was handled poorly by the guy. I would like to play for you the audio, but uh, Twitter, where I have the audio saved, has yet again crashed. Twitter has become a deeply unstable uh, platform these days, and... I mean, y'all, it was just, it was a, a brutal, brutal beatdown by the court. You you don't send lawyers up the food chain to the United States Supreme Court uh, because you think that itself is a win in a constitutional case like this where the f- case itself has been rushed to the court to get an answer. Um, let's see if I can get this again. again. Yep, here we go. In the context of these sort of local elections as opposed to focusing on the presidency. Well, two points on that, Justice Jackson. First is that, as I discussed earlier, there isn't the same history of states regulating ballot access at this time. So ballot access rules to ex- restrict presidential candidates wouldn't have, wouldn't have existed. They wouldn't have been raised one way or another. Right, but I'm not but, making a distinction between but, ballot access and no, anything uh, else. Understood, yeah. but the more, yeah. the more broad point I want to make is that what is very clear from the history is, is that the framers were concerned about charismatic rebels who might rise through the ranks up to and including the presidency of the United States. But then why didn't they put the word president in the very enumerated list in Section 3? The thing that really is troubling to me is I totally understand your argument, but they were listing people that were barred, and president is not there. And so I guess that just makes me worry that maybe they weren't focusing on the president and, for example, the fact that electors of vice president and president are there suggests that really what they thought was if we're worried about the charismatic person, we're going to bar insurrectionist electors and therefore that person is never going to rise. This came up in the debates in Congress over Section 3, where uh, Reverdy Johnson said, why haven't you included president and vice president in the language? And Senator Morrill responds, we have. Look at the language, any office under the United States. Yes, but doesn't that at least suggest ambiguity? And this sort of ties into Justice Kavanaugh's point. In other words, we had a, a person right there at the time saying what I'm saying. The, the language here doesn't seem to include president. Why is that? And so if there's an ambiguity, why would we construe it to, as Justice Kavanaugh pointed out, uh, uh, against democracy? Well, Reverdy Johnson came back and agreed with that reading. Any office is clear. The Constitution says about 20 times. No, I don't, I'm not going to that. So let me, let me, let me just say, you, so your point is that, it's, that there's no ambiguity. It, with, with, with having a list and not having president in it, with having a history that suggests that they were really focused on local concerns in the South, um, with this. Com- Oof! It did. Yeah, I mean that. That just that was that. That was not good. That was not good. Um, it, it's the beatdown of this lawyer, who, by all accounts, is is a good lawyer, but 
I mean, you had that, and then I play this again, uh, again from from the beginning of of the show today. The the beatdown by Justice Gorsuch to his own former law clerk is just it was brutal to see. It was brutal to hear. The guy just didn't have answers for it. And and one of the, one of Gorsuch's key points was that if it's self-enacting, and that's that's what these law professors came up with, is that the clause was self-enacting, meaning that um, it, it went into enforce. No one had to do anything to make it go into force. That it, it was just this. This is so. Well, then, if that's the case, why was Donald Trump still president on January seventh? If it was self-enforcing and this was an insurrection. How was Donald Trump still president on on January 7th, 2021? And the guy had no answer for it. He speaks about disqualification from holding office. You say he is disqualified from holding office from the moment it happens. Correct, but nevertheless— So so it it operates, you say there's no no legislation necessary. I thought that was the whole theory of your case. And no procedure necessary. It happens automatically. Well, certainly you need a procedure in order to have any remedy to enforce the disqualification, which is I under, That's a whole separate question. That's the de facto doctrine. It doesn't work here. Okay, put that aside. He's disqualified from the moment, self-executing, done. And I would think that a person who would receive a direction from that person, the president, former president, in your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so because I think again the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is the no de facto that that thing. doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and, and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside. Okay. I think Justice Lee is asking a very different question, a more pointed one, and more difficult one for you. I understand, but I think it deserves an answer. On your theory. Would anything compel a a lower official to obey an order from, in your view, the former president? I'm imagining a situation where, for example, a former president was, you know, a a president was elected and they were 25 and they were ineligible to office, but nevertheless they were put into that office. No, we're talking about Section 3. Please don't change the hypothetical, okay? Please don't change the hypothetical. I know I like doing it too, but please don't do it. Okay, well, the, the point I'm trying to make is he's that disqualified from the moment he committed an insurrection. Whoever it is, whichever party, it, that, that happens. Boom. It happened. What would compel, and I'm not going to say it again, so just try and answer the question. If you don't have an answer, fair enough, we'll move on. What would compel a lower official to obey an order from that individual? And he had no answer for it. It's just, it, y'all, it was remarkable. He's apparently not a bad lawyer. Just for by all accounts, he's not a bad lawyer. But it was a bad performance in court. He was completely underwater. This I, I don't think you can say this was a win for Colorado because they just wanted to tie Trump up in court because they didn't. I mean, they didn't tie Trump up in court. Uh, the, he, this case was not an expensive case, and it moved very quickly to the Supreme Court. And, and Trump's not just going to win it. He's going to blow it out of the water. With the Supreme Court. Uh, They really believed that they could keep him off the ballot. They really believed it. And in so doing, they're not only going to fall on their face, 
but that um, they're they're going to at least protect Democratic presidents from Republicans doing the same thing. It, it's a it's a very key moment in in the case, and I couldn't find the audio unfortunately. But Sam Alito was asked asked a question: um, Could a Republican state, or he didn't say Republican state, but could another state bar a candidate for the presidency? from running for the presidency because he funded Iran, an enemy of the United States. And the guy's like, well, that's not going to happen. And, and Alita says, hey, you, know, you say it's not going to happen, but but it could happen. We shouldn't say it's not. And he, he, he couldn't answer those sorts of hypotheticals. It just, it, it's, it, it's in, incredible. And then you, you've still got the, the assertions. Just listen to some of this commentary from Neil Cadell. Again, he was with Obama. He's one of the people who's like, oh, yeah, this is self-executing and, and, and this is a no-brainer. This, this, is, a, this is absolutely uh, how to keep him off the court. Because, Neil, you are somebody who's argued before the Supreme Court. We know that the challengers here, their lawyer, Jason Murray, this is his first time going before the Supreme Court, whereas Trump's lawyers argued before the Supreme Court five times before. Did you recognize the disparity in terms of their experience there? Or did you feel like both lawyers gave their strongest case and strongest arguments here? Yeah, I don't want to chalk it up to experience. Like, I've, you know, as you say, I've had a lot of experience, but I'll certainly mess up arguments. And so experience is no, uh, you know, guarantee of anything. Um, I, I don't, so I don't want to say that, but I do want to say you know, in a case of this gravity, you need to basically call out the other side and you need to call out the court even. And so you need to say about the other side, you're gutting the Constitution, Donald Trump. What you need to say to the court is, look, you for years have staked yourself on strict construction of the document, on the original intent of the document. The original intent of the document is so clear against Donald Trump. You need to be using their methodology that they've used to say, look, you know, you've got to be consistent with what you've said before. We heard none of that today. Um, I'm not sure why, but, uh, you know, that makes it, frankly, a really easy case for the U.S. Supreme Court to decide. We heard none of this today. I'm not sure why uh, about uh, the original intent of the document. Uh, I I got some ideas, and it goes to Katanji Brown Jackson. If it was so clear, why didn't they list President of the United States in the list? They listed senators. They listed representatives. They even listed electors of the president. So why not list the president? Uh, the, the the smug assurance of these people, they're really going to, like, throw Kagan and, and Jackson under the bus here. They are. They are because they're not getting their way. Goodness gracious, these people. The, the elites just can't handle it when they don't get their way. And we're seeing this in the economy. We're seeing this with the secret war on cash that Swiss America has been worried about, fretting about, reporting about, covering, educating you about. You can go get their report, the secret war on cash, for free by calling or texting 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency. It is spreading corporations and the government together, trying to steer you away from using cash and hard currency towards plastic that they can control. Go read The Secret War on Cash. It is free. All you have to do is mention Eric Erickson when you call or text 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. You just mention my name, Eric Erickson. You can text that number, 800-289-2646. 
and text Eric Erickson to it. They will send you back a link. Fill it out. You get the secret Roaring Cash report. You can also go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K or 800-289-2646. Message and data rates may apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Y'all, while everyone was focused on the Supreme Court of the United States today, I gotta tell you what the Supreme Court of Hawaii did. Okay, okay. They literally, they they literally, literally cited the quote, and I quote, spirit of aloha to say that they would not be bound by the Supreme Court of the United States' opinions on gun control. That's right. The, the 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 Supreme Court of Hawaii says we know the United States Supreme Court says uh, that the Second Amendment is an individual right to keep and bear arms, but the spirit of Aloha contradicts that. I'm not kidding you. They cited the spirit of Aloha um, to say they would not be bound by United States Supreme Court precedent on the Second Amendment. It was remarkable. Uh, and notice no one on the left is is saying anything. This is guaranteed to go to the Supreme Court, and they're going to get a beatdown. And, and the Supreme Court just might expand Second Amendment rights further, given the insanity of what they did, uh, claiming the, the spirit of aloha. It's just the history of the Hawaiian Islands does not include a society where armed people move about the community to possibly combat the deadly aims of others. That was one of the many things that they said in their really bizarre opinion, citing the spirit of aloha to ignore the (laughs) Supreme Court. Who does this sort of stuff? Apparently, the Hawaiian Court, this is it, the spirit of aloha clashes with a federally mandated lifestyle that lets citizens walk around with deadly weapons during day-to-day activities. The history of the Hawaiian Islands does not include a society where armed people move about the community to possibly combat the deadly aims of others. Actually, the whole history of Hawaii does actually include that. The government's interest in reducing firearms violence through reasonable weapons regulation has preserved peace and tranquility in Hawaii. A freewheeling right to carry arms in public degrades other constitutional rights. The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness encompasses a right to freely and safely move in peace and tranquility. Laws regulating firearms in public preserve ordered liberty and advance these rights. There is no individual right to keep and bear arms under the Hawaiian Constitution, so there is no constitutional right to carry a firearm in public for possible self-defense. Because of the spirit of aloha. We would be spending more time on this if not for a Supreme Court of the United States opinion, but they're going to get beat down by the federal government, and it's going to be hilarious to watch. The spirit of aloha is not a legally binding concept, just so you know.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.